cleric by way of warlock, in this instance your patron is more of a powerful good guy than an actual deity. Rather than prayer, like with a divine spellcaster, you directly made a pact with some celestial being for healing spells and some energy. Most importantly, you gained the Cure Wounds spell. A celestial warlock also sneakily gains some nice damage boosts to radiant damage and fire spells, and if this type of support is the type of support you want to offer, you should stick around for today's episode. The Celestial Warlock is a bit more heavenly-themed than one might expect, and that alone makes it an interesting pick for your next healing character. And is one of a million reasons I recommend every DM get a copy of Xanathar's Guide to Everything. I know I said Cleric by way of Warlock at the beginning of this, but there are a few key differences where that analogy needs some clarification. For one, you do not have quite as expansive a spell list as the Cleric, though you are able to cast your spells more frequently. We'll touch more on the mechanical capabilities in just a moment, but the differences in role-playing a Celestial Warlock are also worth addressing. It might seem pedantic, but these Warlocks do not derive power from a god or goddess. They have made packs with Celestial beings. Put simply, these Celestials act as a sort of middleman between them and the source they get their powers from. This distinction trickles down to role-playing in that while a cleric might feel the need to be at their most pious and officious all the time, a Celestial Warlock does not have as much of a social obligation to do so. I'll talk more about their place within an adventuring party at the latter half of this video, but there are a bunch of fun role-playing dynamics that can come out of this no matter what group you're in. Whether other characters expected you to be a brooding warlock, a holier-than-thou goody-two-shoes religious person, a healer with no damage output, or a support with mediocre healing, all of these expectations are firmly subverted. On top of an expanded list of Celestial Warlock spells, which we'll put up on screen, you also get a nifty couple extra cantrips that do not count towards your cantrips known. As an early get right off the bat, this is pretty great. If you're new to the world of support classes and being one of the party healers, this will be one of the early confidence builders that you get. Also starting you off is Healing Light, an ability that directs the power of your Celestial into healing for your fellow party members. This is definitely one of those abilities that helps your party out more when you're all starting out, but since it levels up with you, you'll basically always find it at least somewhat useful. Since this is an ability that directly references your celestial being, this is also a good time to describe the celestial-specific visuals that accompany your healing light, and really the rest of your spells for that matter. Starting at 6th level, you're able to turn your upper plane connection into radiant energy. The newfound resistance to radiant damage is pretty cool, but what's cooler is the boost to your radiant damage output mainly because the vast majority of creatures in 5e seem highly susceptible to it. Starting at 10th level, you gain an ability that basically allows you and your party to stay in the first fight of the day a little bit longer, or to heal up a bit more the day after the fight. This is, again, an example of the small but plentiful ways a Celestial Warlock doles out healing. Since they can also choose up to five other creatures that want to take this healing nap, this makes the build a bit more viable for slightly larger adventuring parties and a lifesaver for missions that involve groups of NPCs that you need to keep alive. Or just want to keep alive. The other way to stay in the fight longer is to keep death from being such a handicap, and this 14th level feature goes a long way in helping you achieve that goal. The fact that you not only get to spring back to life, but also get to temporarily turn into a flashbang grenade makes this ability equally capable of being a fight finisher or a way to flee the fight before things get much, much worse for all of you. Let's just hope you never really need this ability, though you probably will. 
While I wouldn't suggest that a Celestial Warlock be the only healer in a very combat-heavy group, it is nice to know that if your central healer gets knocked out, or if you're running a group with another support healer like a Druid or something, you will always have some fun options at your disposal. While you should definitely make use of your healing abilities, don't underestimate the effectiveness of joining the battle to put out a bunch of fire and radiant damage. Two of the most useful damage types out there. Well, one of the most useful damage types and another one that's like a 6 out of 10 useful. If you decide to play a flying race or any race that can move around in a quick and unique way, this should be the strategy that you're implementing the most, as being a zippy source of healing and damage is one of the better ways to get all of the mileage out of your celestial bond. Speaking of different fantasy races and such, optimizing your Celestial Warlock is... Well, this is usually the part of the video that's a little bit longer and filled with more options that will help you optimize your build, but I'm going to keep it short and just say two things. Uh, number one, there are no wrong answers in D&D. You should play whatever you want that fits your party and will help you get out of the game what you want. And if you're a little crafty, you'll be able to create a viable character no matter what you come up with. Or you can play a Protector Azimar with the Pact of the Tome Boon, because in my mind there really is not a more optimized build option than this. The Charisma bonus is high, they get their own version of Radiant Soul at 3rd level, Pact of the Tome gets you even more cantrips, and on top of all of that, it's just pretty fitting from a role-playing perspective. So, there you go. I have literally had a Warlock in every major campaign I have run at my table, and I will never forget the awesome dynamic shift that the Celestial Warlock brought to it. If being a fighting healer with some chances for unique role-playing seems like it would suit your party, I recommend rolling one up. Mesterson, the Aarakocra Celestial Warlock, thank you for your services, and thank you for being one of the few great D&D characters that I have DM'd for that just got to canonically retire and didn't die in some horrible way. Thank you all so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new content like this every week. And if you're thinking about building a Celestial Warlock, I would love to hear about yours down in the comments. Thanks again for watching. My name is Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and until next time, farewell.